All right, guys. Welcome, welcome back to, to the Cut Call. It's your girl, Lee. And it's your girl, Free. And today, we're going to be discussing these pussy-ass prisons. Pussy-ass prison system, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the so-called justice system. Mm-hmm. And we'll be discussing the trending Amber Geyer yeah. uh, trial. Um, How everybody feels about that. So, would you like to start, please? Okay, so let's talk about, um, you know, one thing that you and I always talk about, period, is the um, the justice system and how it relates to um, the injustice done towards Black men, right? Yeah. So, one thing that we were wanting to do is read about that in depth, and you ended up purchasing what? So, the book I will be recommending this week... Oh, also, by the way, guys, we're going to be starting a book club. Uh-huh. So, we'll be recommending a book probably once a month. We uh-huh. may revisit the book again on a different episode. Um, but I would encourage everyone to uh, definitely purchase this book, The New Jim Crow, uh-huh. Mass Incarceration in the Age of Colorblindness by Michelle Alexander. It's a book that came out quite a few years ago. It had to be at least around um, either Obama's first election or maybe the second one. But uh, it was definitely around that Obama kind of age and when everybody was trying to act like racism didn't exist anymore. Color blindness. So I've been wanting to read this and I think it's perfect timing to read this book. I'm in the first chapter because I just bought it yesterday. Um, (laughs) Lee actually has connections to a Black-owned bookstore Yeah, with your mom, so you might want to plug that. RedDoorATL.com uh, if you go to there and go under um, the pop-up bookshop, you can purchase a lot of Black authors' books, including this one that we're talking about. Yeah, and I apologize. I got mine from Barnes and Noble. I was about to ask you where you get it only from. Only because I needed it for this episode. I needed it immediately. So uh-huh. I well, if you're in the Atlanta but area. the rest of them, I will definitely be getting from the rest. There are several Black-owned bookstores that carry that book because it's a very important book. For black people to talk about. We all know and free you have your degree in political science and you're studying for law school, right? Exactly. So we you have a lot of um, experience with dealing with the judicial system. But it always occurred to me that um, that the law was racist. That, that that's, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <laughs> you know, I took classes in school and I remember leaving out of my... Um, race relations class and crying because I realized that we can't change the law. We can maybe do marches and kneel and do all these things as far as um, controlling these corporations and what they do. But when it comes to your life being taken away, um, it's at the hands of someone who is going to prejudge you before you even get into that courtroom. So for our black men or black people in general, we're looked at way differently um, than other races. And that's why our prisons are filled with African-Americans, not because we are the most violent or we do the most crimes. It's because of what you'll read about in the new Jim Crow. Exactly. So 
we can, I think we should start probably with this Amber Geyer mm-hmm. shit, okay? Yeah. So, um, we know that her excuse for killing this guy. Uh-oh. Well, give him a background what happened. So, um, this guy apparently was just minding his own damn business. In, in his, his house. house. Yeah. <laughs> in his in house. In his house. And uh, she entered his house. She's a police officer. She, yeah, she's a former police officer. And um, she shot him cold in cold blood in his own house. And killed okay? him. Yeah. Shot and killed. Exactly. Um, and um, so she was saying that she thought that it was her house. And I'm confused by that because did he not have the door locked? Like, How did you get locked? in the house? That's my thing. Like, did you? Uh, that's the whole part that like when it first came out with well, last year or something, I was like totally fucking confused, baffled, uh, bewildered. I was just like, how do you think that, like, I mean, I live in an apartment, so like I'm not going to go to the other apartment's door and like, I'm going to struggle to get in, right? So I'm like, already that would tell me, oh shit, I'm at the wrong door. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I mean, and if the door is unlocked, and I don't usually leave my door unlocked. That would also be kind of a weird thing. But either either way, neither here. No red flags That's for her. What she said. So mm-hmm. I guess we have to go by what she said. Okay. So cool. Boom. She actually gets charged, which is a triumph, right? Because not only is she white, mm-hmm. she's a police officer. Right. So that was already kind of sort of a triumph because. You know, when it came out last year, I think my initial thought is, well, nothing will happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It'll just mm-hmm. be another one of those. Oh, she gets suspended for two weeks and she's back to work. Okay? Because that's been happening. Because that's what's happened for the last fucking how many years? A hundred years. At least. Thousands of years. So, <laughs> years. Either way. So, um, so yeah. So then we, we, you know, we have clips and stuff. I, I don't know if this was televised and I don't watch TV, but I've seen you know, different clips being circulated about the trial. And um, the thing that I think has been most hurtful to, um, at least to our community, is to be able to see a Black judge on the stand, right? Mm-hmm. And assume that finally we're going to actually get some justice, mm-hmm. right? That was what the first few posts I was seeing going around. Like, oh, she can't wait to lock this bitch up, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the sentencing comes out and it's 10 years. And on top of that, um, I keep forgetting this guy's name. Lord forgive me and rest in peace and, you know, all that to his family and prayers to his family, but I can't remember the guy's name who she shot, but uh, his brother um, got up there and, you know, was saying she forgives her. her. His dad was saying he wants to be friends and blah, blah, blah. Uh, his mama wasn't going for this shit. But then you see the bailiff kind of consoling the, the Amber, and you see the judge consoling Amber and giving her a Bible. Okay? So, I think the problem that I once again have with yet again my community is let's stay focused on the real issue. The real issue is that for me, I have a brother who is serving a 22 year sentence right now, first offender, and he ain't killed not a goddamn person. Mm-hmm. That's the real issue I have, okay? 
I don't give a fuck about the judge hugging her. While I think that's kind of odd, right? Yeah. I think I think the forgiveness is odd. I think you know, but I'm my own sort of person. I'm I don't forgive people in general. That's some shit I gotta work on. Period. So I'm not telling nobody not to forgive or not to be compassionate or whatever. And also the optics of it makes it look like these people were coddling to her because she's white. But we don't know if this is just maybe how this judge courtroom runs. She might hug brothers and sisters all the time. We don't know that because the, the cameras have only been in her courtroom for this particular situation because it's a trending topic, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's another thing I want people to understand. Let's use logic here. If it follows that she will hug this person, it could be possible that she hugs other people. We do not know. We're taking an isolated incident and we're hyping it up to mean that she it has a slave mentality and all this other shit I've seen. But aside from all that, who gives a fuck? Whether she hugged this person or didn't hug this person, the bitch still only got 10 years, which we most of us feel is not just mm-hmm. for the crime that she committed. I'm going to pause right here and say, I feel like it is just. Mm-hmm. I feel like if it's your first offense and you kill somebody, 10 years is a pretty reasonable amount of time. And you don't seem like a person who is just a maniac and just gone a, a fucking murderer. I think that that's a reasonable time to be in prison. I do. However, it's hurtful to me because given the same situation with someone who was of another color, I know that that leniency would not have been given. Although I feel like that would be a reasonable time. So I think that's the problem. We have all these mandatory minimum sentencing. And then it seems like the max of the minimum is given to black folk. Mm-hmm. But then the minimum <laughs> is given or at least the middle because she was facing what from five to about 20 something. So then it's like they, they just split it in half for her. So that kind of... Um, you know, that kind of reconciliation happened for her. But sadly, I don't believe and I have not seen yet that happen for someone in my community that's done far less of a crime. And that's what my issue is. And that's why I need to read the book with you. But I pretty much can get a gist of what she's saying and what what the what mass incarceration is period is talking about the prison pipeline how we have children we can have little black boys as children being almost conditioned to become in prison okay so you might have someone who has um he's acting out in class or test scores i believe that was kind of one of the the determinants of of how they determine how many prisons they're going to create mm-hmm. by looking at the test scores of impoverished men mm-hmm. or or children mm-hmm. and that's how they determine prisons. So what what gets me, I don't even give a fuck honestly about this whole trial cuz to me y'all are missing the point. Period. I don't care what white bitch or white motherfucker get locked up. It's it's 80% of fucking black people who have done way less locked up 
locked up for it doesn't even matter how much time you have in prison if you've never even experienced what it's like to be in prison not that i have but i've dealt with people who have and shit you can go in there for two three years and and not ever come out because of all the shit that goes on in prison so i don't give a fuck to me uh, you know, I'm not trying to down Black Lives Matter or kneeling, Colin Kaepernick, none of that shit. But y'all are, are missing the whole point. The problem is the prisons. Not, 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 I mean, yes, black, I mean, cops should not kill people, but shit, they got a license to kill. That's their job is to kill motherfuckers. But what's really the problem is what what's happening in these prisons, what's happening before people even get to prisons. No one's paying attention to that shit. Y'all want to talk about it after the fact. Y'all rooting for somebody to get locked up. Do y'all have anybody in your life that's locked up? That shit not cool. You know what I'm saying? It's not cool to want somebody to be locked up for life, period. period. You know what exactly. I'm saying? And it's people who got weed charges in there for the same amount of time this bitch going to be in there. No nope. longer. <laughs> Are y'all paying any attention to what's really happening? Fuck what's happening on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the news. What's really happening behind the... Behind the 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 fence y'all y'all if y'all really want to be activists go down to your fucking the closest prison and see how the fucking conditions are in that bitch Mm -hmm. what they're feeding them you know what i'm saying they might have the motherfucker locked up for a couple of bags of weed locked up with the nigga who's a serial killer who you think gonna make it out of that situation if if there becomes a problem no one cares so it's like stop having this fake ass activism Online. Online. Y'all don't really give a fuck. So <laughs> So I had yet to post this, but I was going to. The thing that popped into my mind this week and having a conversation about this in particular with someone that I'm very close with is if you want to hear a nigga stop complaining, ask them what they're doing. Ask them what's the solution. The whole conversation is going to end. Mm-hmm. Because people don't like to think about how can I be a part of the solution. I can tell you what the fuck I'm doing to be a part of the solution. So while I'm sitting in this platform and discussing the issues, I'm not complaining about them. I'm discussing what the issues are. Motherfuckers around here just like to complain. And, and sharing we about that before. And sharing shit on Twitter or Instagram is not solving the problem it brings awareness (laughs) while it brings awareness which for a lot of us we already aware because either we've been affected of it we've been affected by it or we got family members affected by it or shit both you know what i'm saying so i'm already aware of the fucking issues Mm -hmm. you understand what i mean but for maybe some that try to act like they're not aware of the issues okay it brings awareness but after the awareness what right after what this now what y'all gonna be talking about next week you know <laughs> love and hip-hop right love and hip-hop basketball wives you know so do, do we want to mention um takashi what was going on with him and okay so that's yeah, another sure. that's this is kind of different it's switching a little bit not it's it's under the same premise of the judicial system but what i was what i keep seeing online is takashi snitching takashi snitching and um talking about how you know he was a government plant mm-hmm. and things like that mm-hmm. and so he, he he if you're not aware he was a part of i don't know Treyway that was a blood set 
Some and so I don't know what happened, but when he got arrested, he was doing a, a plea deal where he would give up the names of members of his set who have committed crimes. So now he's a trending topic. And I, I just wanted to mention real quick about the whole snitching situation. Like I feel like if you are doing some bullshit, you should expect somebody to and, snitch on you. You should expect somebody to or snitch on you. Or do it by yourself. Yeah. Like, okay, and this is the other thing with the snitching situation. Going back to, because we're kind of talking, we're going to be toggling between Amber, Takashi, general legality, and fucking just personal shit. Okay, so forgive our ADHD. <laughs> but going back to the Amber shit. Now the guy, the key witness in that case, you saw he was shot. He was killed. killed. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if y'all don't like, so now y'all mad. You're saying it's a setup, which I think it's a fucking setup. Okay? My conspiracy theory, <laughs> like, yeah, that's some that's some fucking funky ass shit. Okay. But aside from that, if we don't want motherfuckers to snitch, mm -hmm. it would seem to me that the same way y'all want Takashi Martin in these streets. Y'all want this nigga. See, it's like y'all want snitching when it benefits y'all. Right. So you would want somebody to snitch on this white bitch coming in this man's house, breaking in this man's house, and killing him for no goddamn apparent reason. He just eating oodles and noodles, minding his goddamn business. It's cool to snitch then, but when you doing something wrong, little Pookie and little Boo-Boo, y'all don't want them to get snitched on. So what the fuck do you want? Do you want to, do you want to see a snitch or do you not want? Because I'm I'm confused. See, I'm not really with this whole hood ghetto ass gang culture anyway. It, it just makes no fucking the sense street to code. Me. I it, you know I deal in logic, so the shit is just not logical to me. I can't follow it. What what do you do? Because I'm telling you now, if you do something with me, I'm a fucking snitch. Okay, because I'm thinking if you supposed to be down with me, then that mean bitch you supposed to go to jail with me too. Ain't nobody riding, down for riding your ass. Riding the is you riding down with me too. Because if a motherfucker will send your ass down the road and live happily ever after, that nigga want your friend no way. That nigga want no ride or die. So what I believe it is, and I'm I'm a huge, I'm not saying I'm anti-rap. I love my rap, especially when I'm working out. But I believe it teaches us a culture that's going to send us to prison anyway. So what it tells us is, you know, if you snitch, you get murked. So it, so it kind of makes you have this false sense of security if you're in, involved in some hood shit. Okay, I have a false sense of security that I know everybody's straight with me. Nobody's going to snitch on me because they already know the repercussions of snitching. That shit ain't true. If, if it's between me and you, the nigga going to choose him first. Exactly. You're supposed to. There's self-preservation shit. That's first. If you don't come first, that's just like when you on the plane, they ask you, hey, are you going to save everybody? But you got to save yourself first. Is it going to be yes or no? If it's no, we're going to move your ass to a different seat. Because if you're sitting in this seat, you got to save people. But you got to save yourself first before you can save anybody. How the fuck I'm, I'm going to keep you from drowning if I'm drowning? Right. You see what I'm saying? So that's just nature. That's natural to protect yourself at all costs. That's what should be expected. Yeah. So I don't understand, the again, the logic of this Cold, especially when again we sit up here and watch this other guy snitch, which we're happy that he fucking snitched and we're sad and rest in peace to him and again prayers to his family that he passed away and the more developments 
will come of that. I'm pretty sure if we don't find out who killed him, we'll know for sure that it had something to do with this case. But that's neither here nor there. But transitioning, because you, you mentioned something that has been kind of disruptive to my spirit this week um, mm -hmm. when you're talking about prison conditions, okay? Mm -hmm. And this is why I don't believe, um, I'm starting really, really not to believe in prisons, especially privatized prisons and lengthy um, prison sentences, okay? Because of the conditions and because it, re it doesn't rehabilitate anyone. No, it fucking don't. So I got an email from my brother who is in prison. And I was going to read it, but I'm just going to summarize to you guys so that I don't have to relive the email. But he was like, basically, um, I found a fucking roach in my food this morning. Okay? Mm -hmm. That wasn't even the worst part. He says, I bring it to the lieutenant and the uh, the staff member, like the, the, the food work service worker, attention. And they act like they don't see the shit. So then he says, I pick the shit up with my fork <laughs> as to get them to fucking see the shit. Just start moving. The lieutenant puts her glasses on and she's like, oh, it's there. The food service worker still, after two people now, have said, oh, we see this fucking baby roach in your food. She still act like she don't see the shit. Mm -hmm. So then I say, okay, because what I've started to do, and for those people that are or have family members that are um, in prison, like, you know that you can go to the Federal Bureau of Prisons online and submit complaints. And we'll talk about that as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So again, Instead of fucking complaining, because I could tell this shit to Lee, I could tell it to my husband, I could cry about it, I could, but I'm going to be filing a fucking complaint, mm -hmm. because it's fucking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But, before my brother was moved to this particular prison, he was actually a supervisor in their warehouse. The warehouse that brings in the food. And his job was to inspect the bags of food. And he said that, honestly, while he was upset that it happened to him, he really couldn't be fully mad because he says that a lot of times the prisoners themselves are incentivized to just get these bags on the fucking trucks. Mm -hmm. Whether they have mold on them. He said a lot of the bags he inspected would have mold on the outside of the bags, which means they have mold on the inside of the bags. They would be covered in fucking bugs on the outside, which means, again, they have bugs on the inside. But you get more money the more bags that you fucking fill, mm. which they only make in 30 cents a fucking hour anyway. Which is something to discuss. You see as what well. I'm saying? So it's like with him being a supervisor and he making 30 cents an hour. He's like, because he's a good person, he's reporting the shit. And on top of that, he has to report it and it still has to be signed out, off by the person over him to throw it away. Mm -hmm. So what if he is reporting it to somebody who's acting like these fucking food service workers that he just had to come in contact with and this lieutenant. And they acting like they don't see all these goddamn bags crawling, bugs crawling over this bag. It's still going on the truck. But some motherfuckers, he says, will not report it either way because they're trying to get their fucking commissary. Mm -hmm. 
So it's a whole system you're being incentivized to kill yourselves and each other. And on top of that, yeah. with the whole 30 cents an hour, that shit stem from when you read the new Jim Crow, it's another form of slave labor. Yeah. Because once you become a felon, you forfeit every fucking right known to man. Yeah. You can't vote. You can't be a part of the jury either. You can't get student loans. You can't get housing. You can't really get a... It's not that you can't get a decent job, but it's very, very hard. So you really forfeit your whole life, which is why people commit other crimes go and go to, back to prison because it's free there. You know, especially when you've been in prison so long. Let's say you've been in prison from the time you was 18 to the time that you 43, which is pretty much what is going to hopefully won't happen to my brother because we got some other stuff we're working on for him. But let's just say if all goes is it has been planned for him, this is what will happen. He'll be home when we're about 44 okay mm-hmm. he's been in there between county and prison since 18 he don't know he's grown up in prison he's become a man in prison so he don't know how to fuck to pay bills how a bank account work how to you know what i'm saying like he's not going to understand just basic shit yeah you know what i'm saying and if he doesn't have someone like me or his parents, because a lot of people don't have that, that support system, or just even if they have a support system, people that are not knowledgeable about the help you can get or, you know what I'm saying, where you can be placed, then you're you're liable to go back because you come from a place that even though the conditions are horrible, at least you get to eat for free. You might got bugs in your food. But when you come out here and you don't know how to make a dollar or make a dollar work for you, you know what I'm saying? And you got to pay for You got all this shit that we stressed about. Just life keeps going for us. Life in their state is still. They have a routine. Mm-hmm. The life out here is not going to be the same. Right. So even if he's released early, I'm nervous about, you know, not necessarily about him because I, I, don't, I don't feel like he'll ever go back. But just him being acclimated, reacclimated to society is going to be heartbreaking to watch. It's going to be one day of celebrating, hey, welcome back. And then after that, it's like game on. Because at the end of the day, too, with your support system, their lives still go on. So I know even for me, it's only going to be so much that I can do because mm-hmm. I can't coddle you. I can't be there with you all the time, you're not my child. You're a grown ass man. So even if he came home tomorrow, I got a kid, I got a husband, I got a life. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So it's only so much you could do. So it's it's heartbreaking either way. When they're in there, it's heartbreaking. When they're released, it's like, okay, what what's what's next? And I believe that's the whole intention of the prison pipeline and enslaving, because that's what it is: is slavery, enslaving. Um, our black men because this is what happens when they get out. They've been institutionalized so to the point where they don't know how, like you just said, they don't know how to they don't know, they don't believe in themselves, basically. They're kind of taught you ain't shit, ain't gonna be shit, you a felon, you a criminal, that's all you are. But then they don't want to go back to jail so now it's time I need to start changing up. Okay, let me try and get a job. Oh, you can't get a job. 
we can't, you know, we're not going to hire you. Oh, you can't get, uh, what did you say? They can the first thing. The, uh, you can't vote. Can't we vote. know that you can't be a can't part get a, of the jury. You can't have a. You can't get your own place. You oh, know what I'm yeah, saying? The so it's horrible. Like so, guess who? Guess who? The black men gonna have to depend on the, the same system that got them fucked up in the first place. Either that or the black woman is what I was getting at, and and so they bring all they stress and they bullshit to her. Maybe she do got a job. Maybe she do got this going on. She got that all that going on. But guess what? He don't got shit. So everything that she got, she got to give to him. Or and, and it, it ain't no. And it's only a matter of time before she she get pregnant. So now you got if she ain't already got kids, and she ain't already ain't got kids, then she with you, and she feeling like okay, well you a man, you should be able to help me out. And he can't do shit. All he can do is give you some good dick and a baby. And now you got. If you had one child, you got a second child, and he going to be your third child. You know what I'm saying? So then you get tired of him and all his bullshit. You kick him out. What he going to do next? He either going to go to the next bitch, or he going to go back to the streets. And then he going to go back to jail. And it's just going to be an a, a endless cycle of, of, of life and poverty, not just for him, but also for the children. It, if that's the type of men that certain environments that's all there is is those men who are in and out of jail and it's it's a part of society the music all of this is making this shit cool and that's why i brought up takashi because it's 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 people like not just him but all of these rap artists that make it seem like okay you you so about your gang and your set life but your gang members ain't got shit and are in prison themselves so all of that shit to me is just created to send everybody, especially black people, down a terrible road. And because I'm a you know musical artist, writer myself, the intention of art, period, whether you write music, poetry, literature, whatever, movies, it's supposed to bring some type of social paintbrush. Right. You know, you're depicting like what the fuck is going on. So if you're in a community, if you're in the ghetto and that's what you see is gang culture or drug dealing, um, people on drugs, you know what I'm saying, popping people, like that's what you're going to draw. Okay. Like that's the picture you're going to draw. I think the issue with that is there was once a time where we understood that this was a kind of sort of uh it was a film you know what i'm saying like we and we even had films you know what i'm saying they kind of showed us what was going on but we kind of understood that there was a message within where is the, the, me- music. the message that when you look what, at shit from back then it was so now <laughs> it was it was okay yeah this is what's going on but it was also we need to fix the exactly. shit. Exactly. There was a mute. There was a message. There was a revolution. There was an uh, 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 a resistance within the hip hop. That was that's why hip hop was fucking born. Right. But now like it power. seems like it has become less about telling my story. It's more about selling my story yeah exactly and Selling a lot of times it's not even these motherfuckers story damn 
<laughs> that's the thing i think that that we changed we went from you had trap music you got ti you got jeezy you got gucci you got but they was actually they actually came from this shit and ain't not now <laughs> listen to, ain't not now motherfucker wanted to stay in the hood right because if they did they wouldn't be rappers they wouldn't be who they are now and they want to fucking start rapping. Mm-hmm. If they love the hood really so much, is what you think they're saying in these songs. If they love drug dealing in this culture and all that shit, they can't do it. They would not be rapping. Sons and daughters, they would not be fucking rapping. That was a way out. When you see these athletes and you see these entertainers and all these other people you look up to, they're still going and on social media like Takashi trolling and think they out here and they bought their life. If that was the case, they would be right there with them. Did so let's not be full. Yeah, this all of this is my music. What is this background. song? This is actually Psalm 25. So Y'all Psalm need 25. to go listen to that. This shit right back here. Psalm 25 <laughs> is shit about the shit we talking about it's just like lord like to show up you know what i'm saying it's mm. my it's my gospel song you know I, my gospel is in the can you, you need to put this at the way. end of this um i will episode. and it has a featuring uh campaign Kyrie, who was a rapper friend of mine and my best friend singing uh to Mighty and oh that's her so you follow y'all follow y'all follow them too but yeah they made the song like really Great. It was like a rare occasion when I was reading the Bible. And, uh, so <laughs> but free is very inspirational. And I think that's one thing, like you were just saying, art is supposed to, um, uh, it's supposed to reflect what's going on in, in, in the world, but it's also supposed to inspire. I don't feel like what's, what's happening out here is inspiring. It, it's no different than somebody sharing the ambush story. If you reporting on your struggles, great, but what are we going to do about it? How, how are you're you're not telling people oh I'm gonna shoot you I'm gonna kill you all this th- all this all day, that's hurting our our brothers and sisters. It's hurting us. If you read the new Jim Crow, I don't know if it mentions um the 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 mindset of the of the black man going into prison, but it, it's 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 some it's a conspiracy, y'all. This shit is a conspiracy because. If it wasn't, it wouldn't be working so well. It, it shit is created. So what it does mention is what we're seeing now. So at like during reconstruction, and I know we talked about this a little bit in our other episode about what the fuck do niggas want. What these niggas want. <laughs> um, and we were talking about how Killer Mike and T.I. and Candace Owens kind of discussed that reconstruction period where black people actually were prospering during this period after slavery where, I mean, you know, they had all the skills, you know, so white people didn't know how to do shit. You know, you had poor white people didn't know how to do shit because they was already doing it too because they couldn't afford to have slaves. But the elites is white people. They didn't know the slave owners and, you know, the, what they call the planter class. They didn't know how to do shit. They was like, fuck, our economy is fucked up now because what the fuck we gonna do? Because I don't want to do this shit and I don't know how to do this shit. 
So then what they started doing is uh started doing is they started to see black people kind of build up their own shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um they had their own little small plots of land and they was kind of killing it, right? We had Black Wall Street and all this other shit. But anytime we built something up for ourselves, they come and bomb it, destroy it, terrorize it, you know, Ku Klux Klan and stuff like that. And and we're seeing that again in this age where you have the people, the, the Trump people that and it's not Trump. I don't like to really say his name because I feel like we give him too much clout when really. These oh, did you know your president getting impeached? <laughs> well, we'll talk about that on a different episode because I have too much to say about that too. But um, but yeah, you have this like we'll just call them the Trump supporters or whatever, which they were here before Trump. They ain't going nowhere, but they're scared because now America has become. Brown. largely brown and black mm-hmm. and um you know because the world is 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 black it is brown. so you know you brought everybody over here involuntarily some, well, a lot of people involuntary some people wasn't involuntary but a lot of people have come involuntary and now you're trying to push push them motherfuckers back which at the end of the day you can do that i would actually be fine with that but but I know you need me, <laughs> so I would just say be careful what you ask for. Just like it. before, like when you you know when this happened before, you know Jim Crow had to sprout out. That's what the book is saying. Mm-hmm. Some form of slavery had to sprout out because they fucking need us. Yeah. Okay. Or they so, they fear us. Yeah, they fear us, and they need, and they're fearing us because the larger we get, that white paranoia and guilt starts to. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like, damn, is, is they gonna are they gonna fuck us up? Are they gonna treat us how we treated them? And we probably really aren't because we really don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? It's like just let us let us be and let us grow and let us you know leave us alone. Basically, like we'll be cool. So that's basically what she's talking about. Is there is a there's always a period where what they think is gonna work and last forever, like they thought slavery was gonna last forever. There's always that period where shit changes and they're confused and they're scared. And so they have to come up with other tactics to try to take back, you know, what they feel is their white superiority. Yeah. And so that's what basically the prison system did, because when they uh, wrote these amendments, it clearly stated like, you know, what was the 13th Amendment is like it was stating like, OK, you can't have slaves. However, if a motherfucker is in prison, that's the only way you can have free or a slave. And, and what labor. A, what about that other, the three-fifths of human being? Like, I thought that never got like changed. It have been, but I'll have to do a little bit more research on that um, just to be sure. But yeah, we, we hear that a lot that that has never been uh, erased <laughs> from the Constitution. I actually wouldn't be surprised if it hasn't. Um, and that's the next part I'm about to go into. Like, we have to be, um, we have to educate ourselves better. And I'm, I'm not saying in school because we can't depend on school to educate us. Like, I feel like, and I think I've said this several times, if you have an iPhone, Android, any type of box with a screen and Wi-Fi, you should be the smartest motherfucker on this planet, period. If you have control to Siri, Alexa, Google, 
you should know everything there is to know about anything it is you want to do, anything it is you want to change, how to change it, because you can literally say, hey, Siri, how can I be a part of, see, Siri's talking to me now, how can I be a part of the legal process? And Okay, I found this on the web for how can I be a part of the suicide thing now, how can I be a part of the legal process? First of all, I ain't said nothing about no damn suicide. Series. See, listen, <laughs> suicide came up. They like kill yourself Basically. first, <laughs> and then you could be a part of it. See, right. this shit is all corrupted. <laughs> but either way, the point I'm trying to make is, bitch, do your research. But Why you got way, a man voice I, for Siri? Because I, I wanted to feel like you know I was kind of rich, so I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted a British male, like I had a butler or some shit. So that's another. <laughs> So, but I ended up um, waking up this morning, like jumped up out of my sleep. I was like, you know what? Damn, I feel like I got a book that I should have been reading a long time ago. I was assigned this textbook when I was in political science. And it's called Constitutional Law for a Changing America, Rights, Liberties, and Justice. And it is a big ass textbook by Lee Epstein and Thomas G. Walker. Um this one you can get or not. I will un- totally understand if you don't, because again, it's like a big ass book. So, not What's to it say that y'all again? niggas don't read, but I know y'all niggas don't read. So, <laughs> but well, if you join our book club, you're going to be reading things like this. Yes, and exactly. you need to know your rights. Yes. If nothing else. So this one is called Constitutional Law for Changing America: Rights, Liberties, and Justin Justice by uh, Lee Epstein and Thomas G. Walker. And so I was in here just this morning, just like thinking about the jury process, because I think, um, again, we got distracted with this Amber situation and we were looking at the judge, uh, you know, scrutinizing the judge a bit too much in my opinion, because um, the jury made that decision, okay? Mm-hmm. So I, it got me to thinking about, like, damn, I thought the jury is supposed to be, like, a jury of your peers. But it's like, that's never the case. And I never really thought about that. And I also never thought about, like, you know, how when we're in this prison system, I don't know why. I always knew about the, the voting thing. Like, you know, they lose the right to vote. But I never thought about, like... They also lose the right to be a part of the jury, mm. which is a, an important process, right? If you want to have a jury of your fucking peers, because your peers, if my peers is is like all these motherfuckers is locked up, if I get into some shit, then my peers is gonna be people that don't look like me because they're just pulling it from. And I'll tell you what they're pulling it from. And, and doesn't it also kind of? Um, compromise the whole legal process if none of these people have ever been in prison and they're they're mm-hmm. they're deciding your fate mm-hmm. oh send them away for 40 fucking years it doesn't yeah. matter yeah. they don't know what it's like to be in prison exactly so so i'm gonna start discussing now because you said something that kind of sat in me at the beginning of this episode we can't change shit and i don't want us to walk away in this episode thinking that we can't change anything because I believe that there's always at least a small change. We might not see it today, but if if we had this mentality that we can't change shit, we wouldn't be able to sit here free like we like we sit here free and talking 
on this fucking microphone. If I, if our ancestors had that attitude, we can't change shit. All we can do is post on social media and go back to eating our popcorn and watching Jocelyn on Marriage and Medicine. Then we wouldn't be half the place are we you are telling today. Your life? So yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm telling my fucking life story. So what I'm gonna do is kind of read a little bit about the um, jury uh, selection process. So again, it's supposed to be a jury of your peers, but this is pretty much how it goes. So in most jurisdictions, also mind you, your the Constitution is a federal document. But states have the rights to do their own shit, okay? So that's why it's important for us to participate in our local elections, in our local, you know, town hall meetings and stuff like that, okay? So it's randomly selected. Your names are kind of put in a hat, and I'm going to tell you what it's mostly selected from. Your driver's license is one, and voter registration, okay? So those are two things we've already talked about that most of our people can't get especially our men black men and women because they're in prison and when they come home from prison they're not allowed to vote so that's a whole lot of people taking out of voter registration right and that's and certain also, states and also a lot of people taking out driver's license because i know a lot of niggas they ain't got no driver's license okay why do you think so, that is Licenses be suspended like your license can be yeah. suspended for all kind of shit. you're uh, right not paying you know child support saying? is a should be in that book too yeah child support <laughs> all kind of shit so you got to be careful with your license because again if they're pulling all these names out the hat and also we have to be more willing because i know a lot of times when we think of jury summons we'd be like god damn yeah like nick got this shit right now like he's been going he he go every fucking yeah and he was like damn like you know when we think about it it was like I always thinking like damn how the fuck can i get out of this shit but us being there and showing up for these things can really be the difference of between somebody like my brother getting 22 years again uh, probation for his first offense. Mm-hmm. So if we have that right and our names are being pulled out of the hat, y'all, we got to be eager to go serve and try to help somebody because otherwise we could just be leaving it up to somebody who don't give a fuck about them, Okay. So then it says the judge may conduct initial interviews excusing certain classes of people. And these are the certain classes, felons, illiterates, and the mentally ill. Okay. So you can be deemed obviously a felon for any kind of different fucking reasons. A lot of times it's for nonsense. Or you can be deemed illiterate, which we know a lot of times our educational system has failed us. Our parents have failed us because they have been failed. So it's a lot of people. They cannot fucking read, okay? Read or write. R. Kelly. And it may be, and also think about it too, it's not just younger people that can't read. It's a lot of older people too that never learn how to read. That's been an excuse from this where it's, you know, it could be somebody, uncle, a grandpa, grandmother that's being excused because they can't read or write, okay? And that could be the person you need. Baby, don't send my baby. You see what I'm saying? So it's a lot of people. And then mentally ill, who's to say? You know what I'm saying? I don't know the parameters around the mental illness. I think all of us have a little bit of mental illness. But I don't know what they're... Definitely. I'll take that. That's fine. So, you know, your people are getting excused every day, B. 
with on these juries about stuff that you know what I'm saying the judges deciding. And also the last point I want to make is the remaining individuals that are kept it are selected by the who the attorneys. Mm-hmm. So the attorneys get the tag team and say, hey, is this person gonna get me a fucking win? Is this person fit enough to get me a win? These are supposed to be unbiased people. So is this person unbiased enough to con- basically be on my side? Like on it, my client. Have you side? ever seen the people versus OJ Simpson? I've never watched that. But y'all, if y'all have seen it, that's what they were doing. They were picking who they wanted to be in the jury based off exactly. who they thought was gonna, you know, exactly. swing their way. Exactly. And that's, that doesn't that's seem how it fair. Goes. So it's not a jury of your peers. Basically, it's a jury full of people that the attorneys have chosen that's gonna get them a win. Okay. So that is not fucking fair. It is not fucking fair. So the other point I wanted to make too is, and they actually do talk about this in this book. A lot of times too, they'll have psychologists sitting there, right? To strategize and they'll observe your behavior so that they can kind of give the the head nod to the attorneys like, yeah, pick him, pick, pick this person. If you haven't watched this show before, it's a show called Bull. It's on CBS. And that's basically what the show is about. Bull is a um, strategist, psychological strategist for, you know, the courts. And he sits there and he observes in the, in the um, whatever, in the courtroom, these people's behaviors. And they like to try to get people that could kind of be on the fence of shit. So if they, if they think you could swing their way, they'll keep you. If not, they'll put you out. So it brought me to this question. If we're supposed to have a jury of our peers, and we know a lot of our peers have already been X'd out, what then can we do? So I don't want you to shake your head like, well, bitch, you can't do nothing. No, I was I was listening like, okay, what so, can we do? So again, <laughs> so what I think we can do is the, those of us that still have our rights, at least for now, because <laughs> I'm a ticking time at any minute. I could lose it. I don't know. Anyway, that was a joke. Just to the whoever listening, the police. I know that. <laughs> yeah. But either way, so um, again, when you get those those jury summits, please show up. Just show up. Be excited about it. Go. You know what I'm saying. Do your thing. Actually, pay attention and make sure you're doing the right thing. Two, if you have vote, if you have the right to vote, and I know that it's still even those that are registered to vote, there's still voter suppression. So we gotta work on that too but if you had the right to vote go vote in your local elections and i've never been a big voter so i'm just now i'm learning and i'm growing with y'all too i've literally never voted until stacy abrams i'm cool i can admit that i've never i never gave a fuck about voting because i never thought that i could change anything right so if i could change my mentality y'all can change our mentality too so go vote Make sure them local people is tight. Don't just come out when it's time to vote for a different president because they really don't have no power that you think they do, okay? So what else can we do? Well, we talked about if you have somebody in prison, you know, that you love, or even if you just know somebody, y'all can go online. You know, they they might, like, they always send me, like, these generic responses from the Federal Bureau of Prisons. Thank you for your 
uh, uh, inquiry or blah, blah, blah. And they might not be doing shit with it, but I feel like if I say something enough times, they might get tired of me and they might start to look into the institution that my brother is in. And another thing we can do is we can utilize the news. You can, yeah. If you bring it to the news's attention, yeah, enough no. times. For those of you that like social media, hey, yeah. if that's what you if that's what you're good at and you like to put stuff on social media and bring the awareness, bring the awareness, but also use it strategically. Don't just do it just to be clout chasing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if you can put your phone down and actually help somebody in the in the actual uh moment in time, then I would suggest you do that. You know what I'm saying? And tell us about it later. But a lot of people picking up their phones, doing this stuff. And it's cool to, like, you know, have the footage. But I always, it always makes me wonder, well, could you not have been helping this person while you was recording this person get beat down or get, you know what I'm saying, stabbed or right? You know, so I, I think use that shit strategically, strategically, but also be a fucking human being. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, and don't like you said, just don't go clout chasing. Like, oh, this is relevant. This will get me uh, interest. No, do have a have something that you really care about. Like, I know motherfuckers want to save dolphins and all the environment, but <laughs> I want to save the fucking children before they yes. go to prison. The people who yes. are in there and, and the people once they come out. That's who I'm caring about. So, mm-hmm. so put some. If you have some moral a moral compass, don't just do the shit in the moment. Make make that at least a part of a your daily. weekly schedule. Yeah, you know, not even daily, because I know this bitch about to give you a daily task because she <laughs> loves daily. Well, Look, a contribution. Start. Make a once a month. Make yeah, a contribution something, to something a small, just something small. And also, y'all, we have to fucking read. Even when we're seeing posts, it has a caption on it. If you ain't doing nothing but reading the caption on the post, like. Read it so that you'll know what's going on. If it has a link to an article that says see more, go to that link and actually see more and see what they're talking about so that you're not just spewing and reposting shit and you're not actually understanding what's going on, okay? So we have to read. We have to read our books. We have to educate ourselves. We have to educate our children, ourselves. Because, yes, of course, they have to go to school. Most of us not going to do homeschool and all that shit, which I would prefer. But if you have to send your children to the regular school that you know is not going to teach them about themselves, you do the, you know, you do the research yourself. Listen to a podcast. You know, watch the right type of show. I remember my parents used to sit, well, my dad used to sit sit us down and make us watch shit. Like, you know, like if when they see us had came out back then when I was a kid, he would have made us watch that. He used to make us go to the um to the MLK Center. My brother actually worked there uh one summer, my older brother. You know, so he used to make us learn about ourselves. My mom, you know, she always bought me like you know, black Barbies and black books and, you know, read to me and made sure that I was up on, you know, my education and not just the one that I was taught in school. She made homework for me. So you have to keep your kids and yourself educated because without that, then you're, you just, you just a body, you know what I'm saying? Like you just here for no fucking reason. And before you open your mouth, you have to do research, which is why I brought out my books this morning. Instead of Googling, talking to Siri, if I know I have a book that's on my shelf that I posted been reading a long time ago, I'm gonna start reading this book. I'm gonna start committing myself to read something in this big ass textbook because it could help me see like, hey, how can the average everyday person 
change the laws. I don't know the answer to that right now. I'm not going to pretend to know the answer to that, but I think that's what we have to do. I think we need to burn the whole fucking constitution and start over. So I'm going to be doing research to like, how can I be a part of helping us burn this motherfucker down and re rewriting this shit that includes everybody that's here today? Because when it was written, it did not include anybody that's of, of, of any value to yeah. me. Because everybody ain't equal, in my opinion. But that's another conversation, too. So, yeah, like, we can do something. Like, you can do, like, any little small thing matters. And just make sure, like, I know you can't be with your kids all the time. And, and also notice it's not just black men that's in there. But we talk about them a lot because they're, they're the most visible. But, you know, protecting your daughters, too, because, you know, they're more susceptible to being raped. And all this other kind of shit, too. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's not just our sons. It's also our daughters. But making sure that you put in this, this sense of love. I know everybody can't afford to be out of the ghetto. But if you're in the ghetto, making sure you, you're nurturing your children. Letting them know they don't have to have a ghetto mentality. They don't have to look up to a Takashi 6 9 They can look up to you. Fathers, be there for your children. Don't let them incentivize you being on welfare for you not to be there. Uh, uh, mother, you know what I'm saying? Mothers, don't let them give you more money for you not to have your father, your child, and your house. Like we gotta start somewhere, y'all. Like mm -hmm. we gotta, we gotta, we gotta work it. Whatever we gotta work it to make sure that we we're putting this into our children and making sure, you know what I'm saying? They love themselves so that they don't feel like they gotta go join the game. To have a family, mm -hmm. you know, they don't have to feed into this perception of them because a lot of times this will turn us against each other. We had this perception of each other because when we see a young boy, just like the same way white people see a young boy in the hoodie with his pants sagging, they get scared. Shit, I get scared. I ain't gonna lie, like I do. I be like, the fuck this motherfucker walking to my car. He might just be saying good. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Lady. Probably trying what's to tell you some water. Yo, what's up, Miss Lady? And that's another thing, too. When you see these boys and these girls on the street, and they coming up to your car, and they trying to sell you some hot-ass Gatorade or some hot-ass water fruit, buy the shit. You know what I'm saying? Or even if you can't buy it, if you don't have no cash, like, I don't ever be having no cash like that. Like, shit, just get them whatever little change you got in your cup holder. I don't need the water. Like, here you go. Start, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can have it. Or if you, see, a, trying if you see a guy in the street trying to sell you some uh, fucking uh, oils or perfumes or something like that. Yes. I ain't got to buy it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I might not have another bag, but like I told this guy the other day, like, shit, you could be trying to rob me. So I'm going to give you this $5 I got before I go in the liquor store and spend the rest, you know what I'm saying? So, because you could have been trying to bust me over the head for this little $25 I got. But I'm going to give you the 5 and you keep your shit because I don't want that shit. But I'm going to go on in here, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, I appreciate it. You right, I was, but I could have robbed you, but I'm trying to do better. And i like, well, I'm proud of you, you know right. what I'm saying? So talk to people. You ain't got to be trying to clench up or clench your pearls or, you know what I'm saying, I already having a perception of somebody just because of how they look or where they at. Or, or you know, their past, you know what I'm saying? That's one thing about, to me, mass incarceration is that, like we talked about, it's very difficult for uh, these men to get jobs so they do end up doing some type of entrepreneurial endeavor so at least they ain't on the street i, I, I can't say that entrepreneur exactly 
exactly what they are. Right. So at least they ain't just sitting on the street just begging for money. They trying to do something or give you something of value. So support these people. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't know where they, you don't know what they could have been doing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? So. Yep. So that's what we could do. I mean, we'll be revisiting the book again. Um, Y'all, of course, listen to the uh, album, Finally yeah. Free. Yeah. On SoundCloud. You hear playing in the background. I'll upload some songs on this one. And go get the book, New Jim Crow um, by Michelle Alexander. And you can get it from thereddooratl.com. And um, make uh, sure you- also like Nubian bookstores. You're in Atlanta. That's a black owned bookstore. The Book Boutique in Atlanta. All of these are black bookstores that carry this um, particular book. Yeah. Do you have anything? Okay. So yeah. So yeah. The bookstores you can go visit those. They are in Atlanta. I'm pretty sure if you're in a different city, you can um, get those either online or somewhere else. But anyway. Well, I definitely think this was a great episode. Thank you for sharing your stories. And is there anything else you want to say? Nah, just read, uh, read, comment, subscribe, you know, hit us up. Let's keep the conversation piece going so that we can, you know, try to figure out some solutions together. Because this shit right here, it's got to stop. And I don't feel like nobody really talking about it. Okay. And I just want to leave y'all with just one more thing. Like, it's okay to be angry about shit. But if your anger is not driving you or moving you to do nothing, that's just like having fucking gas, right? If it's like having gas and you can't shit, you ain't doing nothing. (laughs) So be angry, but be driven to actually find a solution. So we love y'all. Thank y'all for listening to The The Cut Code. Bye. That new God shit, make it smoke the whole zip. Talk my baby on my hip, kill the master, take the whip, whip his ass like a pimp. This is Psalm 25, keeping niggas hope alive. We don't die, we don't hide. All my soldiers get in line, tell them God has arrived. Seeking justice for my brothers, bless the babies, bless the mothers. All these demons undercover, it's some cold motherfuckers out here acting like they love you. Be the first to try to bless you. If you kill me, I'ma hunt you. Sick and tired of this corruption, government, we don't trust you. They get richer while we suffer. Tell that nigga Trump, fuck it. We ain't equals, you a buffer. So I'm praying on the daily. Hustle hard to feed my babies. Got the saints going crazy. Got the sinners going crazy. Fucking devil tried to play me, but his ass ain't never break me. We was God's before slavery. Crackers still with color lazy. And I won't assimilate. Maybe that's why they hate me. I'm the gold, call me J. I'm the light, I lead the way. Chop the head off a snake. Satan, get up out my way. Screaming, free my brother's aid. He'll be home any day. Until them niggas that be hang, I don't turn the other way. Don't forgive and I don't play. Speak the truth like I'm Trey.
how you deliver Young King, man, I'll pray this to the most high Yeah, I get down on my knees and pray to God on some shit Swear to God I'm the shit Them cars a bitch, but you can never know the faith Cause in your heart you a bitch Scared of the consequences of your stupid actions But you're steady adding to the list You all to quit, cause that ain't why you here Really the reason that we all exist It's deeper than this, I'm sick of this shit you gotta think deeper than this You question everything that you was ever told Man, you probably could figure this shit Now why would God try and hide a creative divide? Man, this shit ain't making no sense It really feel like them crackers ain't right I swear I think they be taking our sense And keeping the sense We a slave in the sense Cause we do what they say, play it they way Doesn't that mean they our owners and shit? How the fuck we trying to escape from a system They started but static condoning this shit We need to create a new way for a prosperous day Now that'll really be the shit